You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. So a little over a week ago, uh, Aaron, my wife, and I found ourselves out west. We were in the Columbia River Gorge just outside Portland, and we were in an area that I came to know was called Skamania, Skamania County, Washington. Anyone ever been to Skamania, Washington? So I learned while we were out there that the word Skamania is actually a Chinook Indian word that means swift water. Today, through the month of June and into July, we are beginning a sermon series that we are calling God's Speed. We're asking ourselves how and where are we called to be more present, to be more attentive, to step out of the swift water and walk perhaps at the pace that God desires for us to. And so we begin that series today with a single word, place. How does our place, where we find ourselves this very moment, the community in which we call home, how does our place inform the speed at which we travel through life? So let us continue listening now for a word from God as we hear these selected verses from the second chapter of Genesis, parts of the second creation story. We begin with this. Genesis reads, The Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And then we jump forward to chapter 3 after Adam and Eve have listened to a new voice in the garden and have come to eat of the forbidden fruit. Picking up in verse 8 of chapter 3, Genesis continues, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, you have set us into this place. You have placed us here today for a reason. And so we pray that through your Holy Spirit, O God, that reason may become clear. We pray that through your Spirit, the words in my mouth, yes, but also the meditations of all of our hearts gathered together here in your sight would be glorifying and pleasing to you. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there was a stretch a few weeks ago where it felt like half the population of Spartanburg was decamping and going out of town to see none other than Taylor Swift, the American pop sensation. Truth-telling time. Who here saw Taylor Swift back a few weeks ago? 
I see a few. Y'all are being shy. Oh, we got one brave back here, Donna. Everyone I talked to for like two or three weekends was either going to Atlanta or Nashville. One person, if I'm remembering right, was going to be with family in Boston and Taylor, well, she happened to be in Boston. So, you know, why not? And everyone who came back was talking about what an amazing concert it was. Truly, what an incredible artist she was. It was a fabulous experience. But it was funny because around the same time, I came across this article that was uh, talking about how there was a rare phenomena that was being documented with increasing uh, speed uh, among people who had been going to these concerts. And the... uh, Phenomena that it was documenting was people would go to these concerts and they would have these almost like out-of-body experiences. They would have this overload of emotion. And at the end of the concert, they were experiencing amnesia. They literally could not tell you anything about what had happened in the three hours before. I'm not making this up. This article quoted a neuroscientist who said, if you're at a concert of someone you love and you're surrounded by thousands, really tens of thousands, these are stadium concerts happening all over the country, surrounded by tens of thousands of very excited people listening to music that your brain has emotional links already established to, that's going to be a whole lot of emotion happening to you all at one time. The neuroscientist continued, as well as being exhausting for our brains, what it means is that all the things you experience have this high emotional quality to them. And when everything you experience has high emotional quality to them, it's really hard for just one thing to stick out. In your brain, in order to form memories, it's really helpful if it's able to go back and pick one or two high emotional quality moments to form a memory around. But when they're all up there, it's hard for any single memory to form. All these people are going to these concerts and they can't even remember a thing about them afterwards. Is that not like the perfect image for the age in which we all live Right? How many of us go through our lives with everything having some emotional quality attached to it? Right? Think about our media, social media in particular. It's impossible to have an even-headed conversation on social media, right? Because everything has emotion attached to it. Our politics, we talk about our politics as being a circus. That's just another way of saying it's crazy, Everyone's yelling at everyone. There's emotions flowing and overflowing with every single point that we make, even in churches. How many churches have you heard of where they advertise not so much worship, but a worship experience? Come to church and we'll give you an emotional experience that you'll remember. Everything in our age has emotion attached to it. And therefore, we too, I think, often struggle with a kind of amnesia. We often struggle to be present, to be attentive, to where and to who we are with in the moment. Some of my favorite stories in the Bible are the creation stories. Remember, I said it earlier, there are two creation stories in the Bible. We read from the second one where God forms Adam out of the dirt and Eve from Adam and places them in the garden, this beautiful garden with four rivers streaming through it, teeming with life of all kinds. It's Eden, literally and figuratively. 
And Adam and Eve, they're riding high until suddenly another voice comes along and says, you know, you could really have an even better time. You could have quite the high emotional quality moment if you just ate of that fruit. And they experience a little amnesia. They forget about God. But what's amazing in this story is does God forget about them? No, it tells us while they hide, God does what? God searches. And God asks that incredible question, where are you? Where are you? If you were in Sunday school earlier this morning, you might remember the quote that we heard in the video, a quote by a theologian and writer who said, you know, throughout my life, I have become increasingly convinced that there is no place on earth where we cannot unearth holiness. It's really just another way of saying God will search for us no matter where we are. God will search for us no matter where we are. Earlier this week, a number of you, I know Pastor Leslie and I and a few others from our church were at a gathering as part of our faith initiative to end child poverty. You all have heard me and others talking about this with more frequency lately. This is an initiative that our church is a leader of that we began prior to COVID. And like so many things, COVID interrupted in big ways. And as a community, we're working hard to put some legs underneath Uh, the faith initiative again to try and help it regain some of the momentum that it had going into 2020. So we gathered over at Church of the Advent just across the way, the Piedmont parking lot. And in that room, there were about 80 people. And it was really quite beautiful. It wasn't just church leaders who were there. There were community leaders There were just concerned citizens who were curious about the work and how they might get involved. There were also their civic community uh, leaders, uh, city and county leaders all coming together. There were black and white. There were rich and poor. In fact, one of the things that went along with the invitation was an encouragement for those who were going to attend to make sure that we got the word out and invited to come with us someone who either is or has lived in poverty. It's funny how sometimes we go about solving things without ever actually taking the time to listen to those who are living whatever it is we are trying to solve. Scott Neely, who is directing the Faith Initiative now, part-time, but doing a masterful job of it, he opened that meeting by saying, now look around at this room, right? He said, we were intentional in designing this time this way because we intentionally wanted you to come and look around this room and be able to see the kind of community I think we all want to live in. And it was true. You looked around this room and you wondered to yourself, where is this community all the time? Why can we not have this kind of gathering of people representing so many different corners of our community coming together under a common banner for a common purpose in our workplaces, in our churches, out there in our everyday lives. And it dawned on me as we were meeting 
it dawned on me that, you know, these are people in this room who know their place. Now, we often use that phrase in sort of a derogatory way. I don't mean it in the way these are people who knew where they stood on the pecking order. I mean it in the sense that these were people who you looked around that room and you noticed these were people who were actively trying, working to step out of that swift water of life. Right? Here are people in this room who want to know but also be known by their neighbors all of their neighbors because they believe that in doing so something holy might be uncovered. What do you think that something holy is? I think the something holy that that room full of people are eager and actively working to see uncovered is a kind of community that was modeled in that space. The kind of community where all are welcome. The kind of community where all are included, all are found. The kind of community where people come and they can hear that voice of the creator and they answer with their lives. Where are you? Here I am. Here I am, Lord. We're beginning this series today and it's gonna take us for about seven more Sundays. But today is the first step and what it looks like to go God speed. Which if you read the newsletter or any of the emails, you might remember that God speed, God sped is an old English word which literally means may God flourish you, right? This is the first step today. The first step in going God speed is being truly attentive to where we are. It is knowing your place. And the way that that room full of people just across the parking lot seemed to know earlier this week. Right? The first step in going Godspeed is recognizing the fact you're never going to solve something as intractable as child poverty without first knowing people who live in poverty. You're never going to crack the shell of prejudice and racism and hate and phobia of all its flavors and varieties without actually taking time to hear the stories of people who have lived it, who have felt it, who have experienced it. You're never going to love your neighbors, in other words, that greatest command, without actually knowing your neighbors. It's funny how we skip that step sometimes, isn't it? Oh, I can love my neighbor, God. But we don't actually know our neighbor. The image on our bulletin today is a, a picture I took a number of years ago. It's in one of my happy places, Montreat, North Carolina. It was a beautiful, crisp fall day. I've always loved this picture, though it's a little avant-garde, I will admit, I've loved it both for its peace, its solitude. It's the kind of picture that just kind of quiets you, lowers your blood pressure a little bit. But I've also loved it because there's a challenge in a picture like this one. Y'all notice that no one is sitting in the chair? Right? There's a challenge in this picture for each of us to consider where are those places full of empty chairs where we are called to sit, to just sit. 
and be present. At the end of that article about the whole Taylor mania, I was asking the morning song, is it Swifties? Those are Taylor, Taylor Swift fans. So at the end of that article, that neuroscientist actually had a recommendation for what you could do next time you go to a concert like that. He said, you know, people could try to jump up and down and scream a little less to control their excitement. People could, in other words, try and just take a seat, even if not literally. Just be present where you are for a moment. What would it look like for us to take an empty chair out of the sanctuary with us today? What would it look like for us to go take a walk in a park that we haven't been to in a long time? Maybe a park in a part of town we haven't been to in a long time. What would it look like for us to strike up a conversation in the waiting room this week? with that person sitting across the way, not to get all their medical details, but just get to know them. How are you? Tell me your story. Here's mine. What would it look like for us to go to a restaurant this week where a majority of people don't actually look like us? What would it look like for us to call someone who we read about or hear about on the radio or in the newspaper who's doing interesting work in our community to call them up and say, would you be up for getting coffee sometime? I'd love to learn more about what you're all about. Right? What would it look like for us to get to know someone new and let someone new get to know us? To take an empty seat And put it out there in the middle of our everyday lives. And just sit and observe. Be attentive. Be present. Because here's what we learn from this Genesis story. That God is always searching for us. Even when we are hiding, God is searching. So take a seat. Step out of the swift water and listen. Listen for that still, small voice that is asking us that same question across time and space. A question that sounds like this. Where are you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may our lives be an answer to God's searching. Amen.